Middle East on the brink, North Korea on the brink, Iran increasing its aggression, elections in Taiwan. Look, there's a lot of global instability as we ourselves plunge into primary season. How have you sheltered your savings and investments from potential major setbacks to the economy? You think it can happen here? It can happen here, but it's not too late to diversify an old IRA or 401k into gold. And Birch Gold Group can help you with that. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. As opposed to many other investments, Gold thrives in times of uncertainty. It is an important part of diversifying your savings. Now listen, here's how Birch Gold can help make it a part of yours. Birch Gold will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold. And it doesn't cost you a penny out of pocket. You want to learn more? Just text SAVAGE to 989898 for a free info kit. S-A-V-A-G-E, text it to 989898 and you get a free info kit. It costs you nothing. Just text SAVAGE to 989898. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of happy customers, I encourage you to arm yourself with the knowledge of diversification through precious metals. Protect yourself. Text SAVAGE to 989898 and claim your free info kit. Protect your savings with gold. Do it now. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Thank you very much. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture. And here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. Today's podcast which is called The Fauci Papers, is reminiscent of Daniel Ellsberg's The Pentagon Papers, The Valachi Papers about the Mafia. This is no different. This is one of the greatest cover-ups in American history, certainly the greatest cover-up in American medical history. And the man behind it all is none other than the snake and the weasel, the fraud of frauds, who, by the way, should be tried and, in my opinion, tried for murder for what he has done to this nation and the world. Way back when, I did a piece of a podcast on masks and the uselessness of masks based upon the work of a great physician, Dr. Simone Gold. And in a February 5th, 2020 email that was released in the Fauci papers, the fraud Fauci wrote, quote, the typical mask you buy in a drugstore is not really effective in keeping out the virus, which is small enough to pass through the material, unquote. Two months later, the fraudulent, ineffective, lying CDC would encourage masks with the saint, St. Fauci's blessing. This is all in today's podcast. But remember, this all came out in the emails that were released. Way back in February, I posted this on michaelsavage.com and I tweeted it, put it on Facebook. Of course, it was not accepted because I'm not St. Fauci and the vermin in the media, of course, you know the rest of that story. Now, where did I get this information about masks and the poor size of masks and the size of the virus? I got it from Dr. Simone Gold. She's not well known. She's an emergency physician. She works in a clinic. She serves all Americans from urban inner city to suburban. And she has a blog post called The Gold Opinion. She's a medical doctor and a lawyer, a board certified emergency physician. But she wasn't consulted. Instead, they relied upon this snake and the weasel, Dr. Faustus. And she wrote this. I'm going to quote it now. It is clear to me as a physician lawyer that the disinformation about both COVID-19 and the Constitution has caused us to turn a medical issue into a legal crisis. Remember, this was published in June of 2020. Okay. She continues, the scientific usefulness of a mask has been so aggressively overstated and the foundational importance of the Constitution has been so aggressively understated that we have normalized people screaming obscenities at each other while hiking. She says, the COVID virus was supposed to be contained in the kind of a lab where people wear astronaut suits and go through triple sealed doors. It is a kind of massive proportion to assert that now, having escaped those environs, a bandana will magically do the trick. And here she goes. Please pay attention. She says, after all, size matters. 
the pore size of cloth face coverings range from 20 to 100 microns. The COVID virus is 200 times, 1,000 times smaller than that at 0.1 microns. Putting up a chain link fence will not keep out a mosquito. Even the most esteemed medical journals admit their purpose is to calm anxiety, meaning the masks. Quote, expanded masking protocols, greatest contribution may be to reduce the transmission of anxiety, unquote. Are you listening to this? She goes on to say masking everyone is superstition. But unlike privately carrying a lucky charm, mandating facial coverings requires the consent of the governed. Many cultures mandate clothing that appears totally irrational to outsiders. Never have those cultures pretended that there is a scientific basis for their clothing requirement. Their leaders rule and their citizens accept that their choice of clothing is due to religious or cultural preference. Not wearing a mask is not mere personal choice, like deciding between a head covering or a t-shirt. It is a flashpoint for being a free human being who has consented to be governed but has not consented to be ruled. People who are apathetic toward their own liberty cannot eliminate constitutional rights for those who are not. This is not the first or last time that people who believe in superstition are screaming the loudest. That would be Fauci. The Constitution exists precisely to protect all people during times of mass hysteria. Do the words mass hysteria ring a bell? She concludes, the mask has become the most visible symbol of social conditioning to Americans determined to preserve individual freedom. Thus far, most Americans have continued to give their consent to be governed, but you are trying our patience. Unfortunately, you still see morons driving around in cars alone with masks on. You see idiots running with masks on, bicycling with masks on. Let me go back again before we get into the meat of today's podcast about the fraud of frauds, the greatest trickster in American hist- medical history, Dr. Conman Fauci. The pore size of cloth face coverings range from 20 to 100 microns. The COVID virus is 200 to 1,000 times smaller than that at 0.1 microns. It would be like putting up a chain link fence to keep out mosquitoes. Fauci, it turns out, according to the emails, knew this and yet went out there and preached to America to wear masks. In fact, the little fraud was later seen wearing two masks, saying they were effective. If this man should not be tried for fraud, who should be? This is Michael Savage. What a sad time in American history that we have devolved to the point of Lysenko under Joseph Stalin. There was a thing called the Lysenko affair about the fake geneticist Lysenko who fudged the science of genetics in order to prove Stalin was right. It resulted in 30 million people in Russia starving to death. Do you see the parallel between the Lysenko affair and the Fauci affair? This should live in medical history what this little fraud has done to this world. That I still believe the most likely uh, origin is from an animal species to a human, but I keep an absolutely open mind that if there may be other origins of that, there may be another reason. It could have been a lab leak. I believe if you look historically, what happens in the animal-human interface, that in fact the more likelihood is that you're dealing with a jump of species. But I keep an open mind all the time. And that's the reason why I have been public that we should continue to look for the origin. That email in no way, you can misconstrue it however you want, that email was from a person to me saying, thank you for, for whatever it is he thought I said. And I said that I think the most likely origin is a jumping of species. I still do think it is at the same time as I'm keeping an open mind that it might be a lab leak. Today's podcast, I'm calling the Fauci files or the Fauci papers along the lines of the Pentagon papers, because what we have learned over the last few days through a Freedom of Information Act investigation made by the Washington Post and BuzzFeed shows definitively that Anthony Fauci is the very fraud I have been telling you from the beginning. Now, I have no personal relationship with Fauci, but I have watched this conniving politician since the AIDS epidemic in the early 80s. Now, remember, in the early 80s, I wrote a best-selling book entitled Maximum Immunity. Don't dismiss it. It was published in six languages. It was long before I was on the radio. I was a newly minted PhD from the University of California at Berkeley. 
partly in epidemiology, and I watched what this man did during the AIDS epidemic. I was outraged by the fact that he was pushing AZT, not behavioral control. And I said to myself, he's just a pimp for big pharma. He was pushing drugs. Nothing wrong with the drugs, but how about changing behavior to reduce the risk of a disease? Well, now we have this issue about the Wuhan China lab and the lab leak or creation of a monster, uh, let us say, virus to destroy the world and make us buckle under the China. Either way, it doesn't matter. Fauci is deeply involved in it. I want to begin today's podcast with a shocking discovery, which is an email between Mark Zuckerberg and Tony Fauci, where Zuckerberg says people trust and want to hear from our experts. And then it gets worse. He thanks him for his leadership during the pandemic and tells Tony that Facebook is going to roll out a Facebook coronavirus information hub in order to make sure that only the government information is released to the public. And any dissent is crushed by Zuckerberg's little minions. He requests a video Q&A with Tony Fauci. One paragraph of the email that is on Breitbart today by Alam Bukhari is, is truly shocking. And here it is from March 15, 2020. Tony, says Zuckerberg, I want to send a note of thanks for your leadership and everything you're doing to make our country's response to this outbreak as effective as possible. This isn't public yet, says Zucky, but we're building a coronavirus information hub that we're going to put at the top of Facebook for everyone. 200 plus million Americans, 2.5 billion people worldwide. It shows you the egomania of Zuckerberg with two goals. One, make sure people can get authoritative information from reliable sources and encourage people to practice social distance and give people ideas for doing this using Internet tools. Useful to include a video from you, Tony, blah, 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 because people must hear from our experts rather than just a bunch of agencies and political leaders. I'm also doing a series of live stream Q&As with health experts to try to use my large following on the platform, 100 million followers, to get authoritative information out as well. I'd love to have you do one of these Q&As. This could be the video we put in the coronavirus hub, or it could be a different thing that we distribute separately. But I think it could be effective as well. So that's from Mark Zuckerberg to his good friend, Tony Fauci, involved in the greatest cover-up in modern American history, if not world history. And we're going to talk about <clears throat> the Fauci papers today from beginning to end. Now, you say you know all about it. No, you don't know all about it. Fauci has been a plant of Big Pharma ever since he appeared at the NIH, the patron saint of Wuhan, the second coming, Lord Fauci, a new religious leader for the left, the masketeers, the left masked in their own cars, the left with their mouths masked telling you to shut up, the left who says white supremacists are the greatest threat to America in the greatest lie in the history of warfare. We're in very dangerous times when we have black males beating up and killing people in the streets of New York and elsewhere. And on a regular basis, regular basis, we see them punching old women in the face, beating up Asians, punching them in the face. And we're told by the, the lying vermin in the media that all of these attacks on Asians, these terrible attacks are being done by white supremacists. I never would have believed we, have, we would have fallen this fast so quickly, so quickly to this level of lies. Never. And it's very dangerous as well. So today, pay close attention. Skim through it because we're going to talk not only about the Wuhan lab leak, which, by the way, it doesn't make me a genius, but anyone with common sense and a little scientific training, and I have a lot of scientific training, would have concluded way back in the beginning of 2020 when this first emerged that it was either a lab leak, they were working on a devil virus in their warfare lab in China, just as we do, by the way. Uh, this leaked from China, not from the U.S., but we have a lab at Fort Detrick, Maryland, which I've known about. I was actually way back in the, in the 70s or late, early 80s, I thought of working at the, uh, I was offered a job at the, at the lab 
I wouldn't take it. I didn't want to work around toxic microorganisms. We have a 4G trick. All major countries have these labs. But the China lab is the source of this virus. It was not from the live market. It was created by mankind in the China lab to kill people. And it leaked out of the lab. I said that in the early 2020 era. And these emails tend to confirm that that's exactly what happened. And Fauci was one of the funders of this, this Frankenstein virus. The emails expose this. Dr. Doom and Gloom, the lying Fauci, the criminal Fauci. He deserves to be in prison, by the way. The man is a fraud from top to bottom. He needs to be tried for what he did to this country. Because we know from the beginning, from an immunologist called Christian Anderson, who works at the Scripps Research Institute in La Jolla, California, Anderson warned Tony that COVID appeared to have been possibly manipulated in a laboratory. It was said in the email, the unusual features of the virus make up a really smart part of the genome, less than 0.1%. So one has to look really closely at all the sequences to see that some of the features potentially look engineered, unquote. The next day in February 1, Tony Fauci wrote back, thanks, Christian. Talk soon on the call. And what did he do? Tony the liar then sent an email to his deputy, Hugh Oshenkloss, the subject of that email in all caps was, quote, important. You, it is essential that we speak this a.m. Keep your cell phone on. Read this paper as well as the email that I will forward. You will have tasks today that must be done. What was he trying to do? You know about gains of gain of function? We'll tell you about that on the Savage podcast today. Gain of function. Gain of function. Gain of function research. Anthony Fauci is up to his eyeballs in gain of function of this deadly virus that has decimated the economies of the world and caused unlimited suffering. And there are no consequences for this? No? None of us could have suggested that COVID might be man-made? I did so in February of 2020. I tried to get Donald Trump to fire Fauci, to fire Dr. Scarf. Do you remember that? I didn't do it out of spite. I don't know these people. I did it out of common sense and through clear logical deduction. The man has been planted in the NIH for over 40 years. Do you know of any other government bureaucrat who has lasted for over 40 years? There is not one other man or woman who has lasted over 40 years. I thought that the left was against bureaucracies. Well, no, they want big government. They want big bureaucracies. And they want demonic people like this in charge of them, just like in China. Corona did not come from a pangolin. I didn't believe it for one second. I said it out loud. I was deplatformed on social media platforms. I was not allowed on the radio. Only controlled opposition is allowed on the radio those without any education in science, those without any knowledge of epidemiology, those who simply mouth fake opposition. So if you want to continue listening, do so. If not, goodbye. Have a nice day. Live in your own bubble of lies. This is Michael Savage back in a minute with the Fauci papers right here on the Savage Nation podcast. Michael Savage, a host like no other. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt that there are people out there who, for one reason or other, resent me for what I did in the last administration, which was not anything that was anti-Trump at all. It was just trying to get the right information, to try and get the right data. And what they didn't seem to understand, I guess that's understandable, <laughs> that they didn't understand it is that science is a dynamic process. So something that you know in January, you make a recommendation or a comment about it. But as you get more and more information, the information leads you to change because that's what science is. It's a self-correcting process. Welcome back to the Savage Podcast. I want to continue with the Fauci papers. And I'm calling this show the Fauci Papers along the lines of the Pentagon Papers, which was a big deal way back when, 
during uh, the Vietnam War when Daniel Ellsberg, who worked in the Defense Department, I believe, leaked internal papers which showed a conspiracy to continue the war in Vietnam. Well, now we have the Fauci papers, which shows a conspiracy related to the COVID epidemic and the man who was seen as a saint by the radical left. He is nothing but a politician of the worst order, not a good politician, but the worst type. And that's what we're dealing with today. And that's why it's worth your attention today. And uh, you look at the, the headlines. Fauci finally admits COVID-19 may have come from a lab leak after his emails exposed. I said that back in the beginning. It was common sense. It's not that I'm a genius. I'm going to read you some headlines and the sources, and then we'll go into it if you want. Just the headlines are enough. You don't have the time for all this. I do. Okay. Republican lawmakers blast Fauci after thousands of emails released. They want him gone. Now, of course, you know Biden will throw him overboard. He's just a useful idiot, a tool of the entire establishment left that is no longer useful. In fact, he's a a liability now to Biden and the criminal Biden family, Biden gang uh, that is running the country. And they will throw him overboard and make him the bad guy. But they're deeply involved in the entire conspiracy. Here's another article. White House actively looking to dump Anthony Fauci amid revelations, emails, Um, White House actively looking to dump Anthony Fauci amid revealed emails and flip-flopping Wendell Husapo Breitbart. So that confirms what we suspect is coming. They'll throw him overboard now that he's no longer of any use to them. And he will take the heat off Biden and the entire COVID establishment story. Thank God for Senator Rand Paul, who's been drilling him. I just hope there is some consequence for this. Here's another headline. Fauci was warned that COVID-19 may have been engineered email show. That's from Samuel Chamberlain, Mark Moore, and Bruce Golding, New York Post, 60221. I'm reading you some headlines. Just the headlines are enough. Make believe you're walking down the street and you're looking into a newspaper machine. Here's one from Fox News by Tyler Olson. Fauci emails spark flood of backlash needs to stop playing games. You hear this? Harshly critical of his comments on mask wearing. It was all a joke. It was all theater. Remember when this little bastard put on two masks just for theater? He was playing with you. Of course, the masketeers out there don't believe it. They drive around in their own cars now wearing a mask. It's unbelievable to me what these people would get away with with the gullible out there. Here's a great article that you probably have never heard of. It's from the International Journal of Vaccine Theory practice and research it's a real journal by stephanie seneff s-e-n-e-f-f and greg nye n-i-g-h i i gotta tell you more about this another time worse than the disease question mark reviewing some possible unintended consequences of the mrna vaccines against covid19 this is a a blow your mind article now i showed it to a neighbor who is a virologist who said no that's not a peer-reviewed article and none of them are virologists i said oh really They're at MIT, and they certainly know what they're talking about with regard to data. You don't have to be a virologist to read scientific data if you're a trained scientist. And so this article talks about Operation Warp Speed. And by the way, I told President Trump at the time that I'm not taking the vaccine. I don't know if you know it. We had it on tape. He actually came on my radio show, and he said, well, uh, I know you're not sold on the vaccine, but no, I'm still not sold on the vaccine. And if you read this article, Worse Than the Disease, Reviewing Some Possible Unintended Consequences of the mRNA Vaccines Against COVID-19, you'll not believe this. You'll not believe what this article says, which is, let me give you a summary so you don't have to read it. We finish by addressing a common point of debate, namely whether or not these vaccines could modify the DNA of those receiving the vaccination. While there are no studies demonstrating definitively that this is happening, we provide a plausible scenario supported by previously established pathways for transformation and transport of genetic material, whereby injected mRNA could ultimately be incorporated into germ cell DNA for transgenerational transmission. We conclude with our recommendations regarding surveillance that will help to clarify the long-term effects of these experimental drugs 
that's what these vaccines are, experimental drugs, and allow us to better assess the true risk-benefit ratio of these novel technologies. Are you listening to this? These are unprecedented events. This is an unprecedented situation. Trump's program was meant to bring a vaccine against COVID-19 to market as quickly as possible. And unprecedented steps were taken. First, it brought the U.S. Department of Defense into direct collaboration with the U.S. Health Departments with respect to vaccine distribution. Next, the NIH collaborated with the biotechnology company Moderna in bringing an unprecedented type of vaccine against infectious disease to market, utilizing a technology based on messenger RNA, mRNA. The confluence of these unprecedented events has rapidly brought to public awareness the promise and potential of mRNA vaccines as a new weapon against infectious diseases into the future. Pay close attention. All of you have taken the shot. I wish you the best, but you are still guinea pig. The Savage Nation. It's savage on demand. Here's another headline from the Fauci papers that you may want to be interested in. J. Peter Zane, Real Clear Politics, another right-wing conspiracy theory may prove correct from a few weeks ago. Really? What is that right-wing conspiracy theory? Well, it was uh, a conspiracy theory that the COVID-19 pandemic had originated in Wuhan, China, and it could have originated in the Wuhan lab where scientists were performing dangerous research into coronaviruses. There was no evidence that the virus spread from animals to humans. Anyone who said so was deplatformed by Twitter and Facebook and other social media platforms who were the enforcers of the government line, and they canceled anyone who dared to question it. Well, pay close attention. This disease has killed at least 3.5 million people worldwide, nearly 600,000 of them Americans. Okay. COVID-19 is a serious disease, don't get me wrong. But where did it originate? Well, it originated, apparently, in a biowarfare laboratory. In March of 2020, 30 American scientists published an article in the American journal Nature Medicine. And these 30 scientists said, quote, our analyses clearly show that SARS-CoV-2 is not a laboratory construct But these assurances were premature. But the journalists took it hook, line, and sinker. Why would scientists and science writers be so intent on shutting down avenues of thought or inquiry? Why? Because we're no longer living in an age of science. We're living in an age of propaganda. Then we have much more on this subject. Some of it is obscure. Rand Paul went on about the Fauci emails on a morning show. And he said, it seems like he was very troubled early on that there was gain of function. He's like, what? Is gain of function still going on? I thought we paused it. He seemed unclear about whether or not the gain of function research, how it got started again in Wuhan. And I think he was very concerned, although he doesn't say it in the email, concerned that he continued to fund it through NIH. That's Fauci was funding gain of function research through the NIH, even though the NIH was not doing gain of function. In other words, he gave millions of dollars to communist Chinese scientists to develop this Frankenstein virus. Rand Paul went on to say, this is the thing that once people knew this, this is explosive, that he knew about the gain of function, and he's trying to cover it up. Yeah, and it seems like he was very troubled early on that there was gain of function. He's like, what, what? Is gain of function still going on? I thought we paused it. He seemed unclear about whether or not the gain of function research how I got started again in Wuhan. And I think he was very concerned, although he doesn't say in the email, concerned that he continued to fund this through NIH, even though they were doing gain of function. This is really the, uh, the red herring. This is the thing that once people know this, this is uh, explosive, that he knew about the gain of function and he's trying to cover it up. Okay. He funded gain of function research at Wuhan. Do you know what this means? Then there are some troubling side effects that were reported just recently. Headline, Reuters, Jeffrey Heller. Israel sees probable link between Pfizer vaccine and myocarditis cases. Are you listening to this? 
275 cases of myocarditis reported between December 2020 and May 2021 among the more than 5 million vaccinated people in Israel. Most patients who experienced heart inflammation spent no more than four days in the hospital and 95% of the cases were classified as mild according to the study. But the study found that there is a probable link between receiving the second dose of Pfizer vaccine and the appearance of myocarditis among men ages 16 to 30. Now, that's very interesting. Of all the age groups, it was not the elderly or the older people who developed this heart inflammation from the Pfizer vaccine, but younger men between 16 and 30. Possible link between myocarditis and mRNA vaccines, including those from Pfizer and Moderna. Did you hear that on CNN? I don't think so. Was it blocked by Zuckerberg on Facebook? I think so. There's a little bit more that I think the headlines are of some use to you. And that would be a musician, a very famous one, who is not singing the COVID-19 vaccines praises. That would be Eric Clapton, who says he blames propaganda for the disastrous COVID vaccine. The rock legend, 76-year-old British singer-guitarist, dropped the bombshell in a letter to architect and anti-lockdown activist Robin Monati Grazi D. After receiving his AstraZeneca shot in February, Rolling Stone reported. Clapton said, I took the first jab of AZ and straightaway had severe reactions, which lasted 10 days. I recovered eventually and was told it would be 12 weeks before the second one. The three-time Rock and Roll Hall of Famer wrote in a letter, Clapton said he was actually offered the second shot six weeks later, which he accepted despite his initial reaction because he had a little more knowledge of the dangers. However, the former member of Derek and the Dominoes and the Yardbirds said, needless to say, the reactions to the vaccine by AstraZeneca were disastrous. My hands and feet were either frozen, numb or burning and pretty much useless for two weeks. I feared I would never play again. Clapton added that he should have never gone near the needle due to his peripheral neuropathy, but the propaganda said the vaccine was safe for everyone. The Tears in Heaven Grammy winner stressed that he's no sheep. He, I continue to tread the path of passive rebellion and try to toe the line in order to be able to actively love my family, but it's hard to bite my tongue with what I now know. Are you listening to this? The Brock Star's letter also sang the praises of heroes to him, such as anti-lockdown UK politician Desmond Swaney, as well as what many consider to be COVID conspiracy theorists on YouTube. Are you listening to this? This is a big story. This is a very big story. This is not the first time Eric Clapton has railed against the coronavirus measures. This past December, the rock star collaborator on Van Morrison's anti-lockdown song, Stand and Deliver. In December of 2020, uh, and it resulted in both artists facing the music online per the letter. They were attacked. But the cream guitarist will not backpedal on his anti-quarantine stance. He said, I've been a rebel all my life against tyranny and arrogant authority, which is what we have now, Clapton wrote. But I also crave fellowship, compassion, and love. I believe with these things we can prevail. Where are the other rebels? Where's Bob Dylan? Where are the other fake rebels of the 60s? Nowhere. They were nothing but paid, controlled opposition. I never bought it. Did you? This is a sad time when propaganda rules and science is dead. It reminds me of the time in the ex-Soviet Union when all the scientists had been under the control of Joseph Stalin to the detriment of the Russian people. There's a great uh, story about the Lysenko affair. Lysenko, L-Y-S-E-N-K-O. Look it up. I won't bore you with the details. Lysenko was a dummy, and he was made the head of one of Stalin's ministries of agriculture in genetics. And he put out false science saying that the crops that they were hybridizing, not genetically modifying at the time, hybridizing, would produce bushels and bushels, millions of bushels of new wheat and other substance for the Russian people. It was completely fraudulent. The crops failed and 30 million Russians died. Look up the Lysenko affair. 
It has direct parallel to the Fauci affair. I'm Michael Savage. These are very dangerous times. Thanks for listening. The Savage Nation. It's savage, uncut, unfiltered, and raw. Look, we've been talking about the Fauci papers. This is not a surprise to me. I've been onto this guy for a long time, going back to the AIDS epidemic. Will you please listen to this soundbite, which goes back to April of 2020? April of 2020, when I talked about how Fauci wants to hand out immunity badges for COVID-19. He is a dangerous bureaucrat. Listen, the things that we took for granted, but we have so much time on our hands, don't we, that we're locked up with this uh, government disease mandate. Uh, and Fauci wants us to have uh, immunity cards. I don't think he should really uh, be taken in the wrong way on that. I don't think he's got an, a thing for the Ober Group and Fuhrer uh, in, within. I, I don't think Ober Group and Fuhrer hair Dr. Fauci really wants us to tattoo whether we have antibodies or not to COVID on our head, but we can't tell yet. I've watched this weasel for 40 years. I never liked him during the AIDS epidemic. I don't know how this weasel has survived 40 years in the NIMH, or the NIH rather. How has the weasel been in this government for 40 years? He is the swamp. You know, Trump was going to clean up the swamp. This man is the swamp. He's the snake in chief. But I'm going to talk about him in a little more, uh, let's say a little more sedate way as time goes on. I can't do it all at once. But the things that we miss, the things that we miss, many of you are smoking more weed than ever. I've warned you for years. Even occasional use raises risk of COVID-19 complications. And you said, oh, Savage, what do you know? Well, I know a lot, especially about phytochemistry, especially about smoke gets in your lungs. We know a song, smoke gets in your eyes, but you jerks don't know that when smoke gets in your lungs, even on an occasional use basis, what you're doing is opening yourself up to uh, a greater risk for this disease. Why do you want to add a burden to your life like this? Smoking cigarettes. You know you don't smoke cigarettes. But what about smoking occasionally? Dr. Mitchell Glass, a pulmonologist and spokesperson for the American Lung Association, says the last thing you want to do during a pandemic is to make it more difficult for a doctor to diagnose your symptoms. You want to get airway inflammation from your uh, antibiotics? I mean, from, from your marijuana, rather? Don't you understand common sense would dictate you give up your dope right now? So you say, ah, you don't really have to do it. You can take it in another way, ingestible form. You want to wreck your mind. You don't need a clear head anyway. You never did during your life. But more Americans are using weed now than ever before because you've been lied to. You've been lied to by the pot peddlers, by the drug dealers. And I'm not going to change your minds. Many of you smoke it thinking that you don't have a marijuana use disorder, but you do. It is a problem in your lives. And I can prove it's a problem in your lives because you can't kick it. You tell me you can get off marijuana if you wanted to. You can't because it's one of the most addictive drugs. The National Institutes of Health says it attacks the lungs. It causes uh, a serious threat to those who smoke tobacco or marijuana who vape. We know that. We know what it does. Are you aware that marijuana is, in essence, an underlying health condition? No, because you've been told it's an herb. And it's natural. Well, tobacco is also natural. Curare is also natural. I can name other natural substances that can kill you in the, um, in the smallest dose. Well, what can I tell you? If you're a regular smoker of marijuana, why don't you just quit? Why don't you just knock it off? Isn't it common sense that anything you inhale that has been combusted and contains particles or chemicals will inflame your airways? Aren't you understanding... That you're already making your body work hard to fight off foreign particles with the marijuana debris that's lingering in your lungs? No. Well, I've said all I'm going to say on it. Don't call me on it because I made my point and that's all I want to do. We have great guests. The first one, you may remember him. I had him on in January of 2019 when I talked about the dangers of marijuana. He's a former New York Times reporter, Alex Berenson. He's challenging the coronavirus narrative, as have I. How long have I been calling for selective quarantines on this program? At least since late February. I have written to governors. I have written to the president through his uh, associates. And I said, you can't do this to the nation. This is ridiculous. There are both whole states that are largely immune from this 
viral epidemic. There are certainly counties within states that are virtually immune from this viral epidemic. And we must not listen to this madman, Dr. Virus. He is like a living virus, Fauci. He says the lockdowns will end when the virus tells us to. Well, what does he talk to the virus? And he's a virus whisperer. What is Fauci, a virus whisperer? He talks to the virus at night. No, we don't have to wait for him to tell us what common sense already dictates. And I have sent this plan to governors, by the way. And now we have the reporter from the New York Times, former reporter, Berenson, who will talk about his idea, which is the lockdowns. And, you know, we don't have to have them across the board, like I've been saying. That makes sense, right? Selective, selective, selective quarantines is what I've been calling for. Now, Israel is lifting a lockdown and will have their plan of action. They are lifting it, lifting it, lifting it. They're looking at the data and listen to what they said in Israel. Not all cities are alike. In Jerusalem, the number of confirmed coronavirus patients between Tuesday and Thursday increased by 11 percent. While in B'nai Barak, it spiked by 15%. Now, what's B'nai Barak? There was also a sharp 25 increase of patients in Elad, a 24% increase in Tiberias. In Rishon Lezion, the number of patients rose by 18%. In Modin Elite, the number of confirmed patients increased by 15%. What am I telling you? That the rise and fall of patients in Israel and everywhere else is different in different places. You hear? And so you don't sweepingly close the whole state of California when we know that it's largely confined to Los Angeles and San Francisco and urban centers. You don't punish the people who live in relatively unpopulated areas of California. I guess the governor knows that and he should act on it. He should act on it immediately and he'll move ahead of the pack towards the presidency if he does, if he shows the foresight to lift the quarantine on the counties and areas in the state of California that have almost zero cases of coronavirus. You don't lump everybody in because you're afraid that the people in the big cities will say you're racist because you're not lumping them in with all of the immigrants who are in Los Angeles and San Francisco. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm not allowed to say that, but I'll say it over and over and over again. Isn't it interesting that the largest clusters of cases happen to be in places that are sanctuary cities. Isn't it interesting? Now, of course, you could say, hold on, Savage, not so fast. It's not due to the immigrants, per se. It's due to the overcrowding and the lack of hygiene. And you'd be right. But it's also coincidentally correct that we don't know what percentage of these cases are amongst immigrants, do we? Because they're not allowed to report on it. We don't know what percent of the hospital beds are being taken up by non-citizens with COVID, do we? Because the hospitals are not allowed to ask about immigration status owing to the liberals who run these wonderful states. So let's go right now to the story that broke today from the Washington Times where Fauci says immunity cards for all. He did it in a couchy way. As all snakes do, he never says exactly what he really means. Up, fire that sound by mm-hmm. those kinds of people. Can you imagine a time where Americans carry certificates of immunity? You know, um, that's possible. I mean, it's one of those things that we talk about uh, when we want to make sure that we know we? who the vulnerable people are and not. Vulnerable. Uh, this is something that's being discussed. I think by it who, might actually be, have some merit under certain circumstances. Thank you, Obafura Gruppen. Obafura Fauci, thank you very much for that. Folks, do you realize how dangerous this man is? Do you understand that Obergruppenfuhrer, Dr. Fauci, is playing around with something that is right out of Nazi Germany or the Soviet Union, that you should carry around a certificate of immunity? So let's see now. This globalist is discussing it with people. He doesn't say who, probably Bill Gates and Dr. Scarf. Are they discussing... uh, ID cards for illegal aliens or national ID cards. So no voter ID, but virus ID. This is how the globalists think. So again, I'll ask you, do you agree with Obergruppenfuhrer that it's a good idea to carry around certificates of immunity? Because I don't. First of all, it's unconstitutional. Secondly, I would join a militia and go to the hills if they did that. 
the day that Dr. Death convinces President Trump to write an executive order that we should carry around such an identity card, I promise you I would leave my comfortable little life at my age. I would join a militia and retreat to the hills because I wouldn't be living in America anymore. I'd be in DEFCON 1 because this weasel has been embedded like a boll weevil in the bureaucracies of the NIH for over almost 40 years. He mangled the AIDS epidemic. He destroyed the AIDS epidemic recovery efforts. I had no idea he was still there. Why Trump has held him up and promotes this man to such an extent. The only thing I could think, and I'm going to be as blunt with you as I can, is that when everything falls apart on this, he will be blamed and thrown overboard. There's no other reason to put the weasel out there all the time. You know that the weasel's popularity is now higher than President Trump's? Now, I'm going to ask you, do you really think that President Trump trusts this man that much? Or is there somebody in Trump's inner circle who trusts Dr. Weasel this much? Home of Borders, Language, Culture, The Savage Nation. The next interview I want to play for you is the interview I did with the former New York Times reporter Alex Berenson. It's amazing where we discussed his article challenging the coronavirus narrative, including lockdowns and Fauci. This is nothing new to me. Please understand there are differences in cars, wine, beer, cigars, clothing, and podcasters. I have a PhD in epidemiology. Why don't you understand that there are differences in all of us? Thank you for listening. Joining us in a moment or two is Alex Berenson. He's making a lot of headlines right now. They're saying former New York Times reporter uh, challenges the coronavirus narrative. And I looked at it. And I said, oh, he's on Fox News. Who? Oh, yeah, I had him on this show in January of 2019 with his book, Tell Your Children the Truth About Marijuana, Mental Illness and Violence. And he was great. We had a wonderful interview. I'm so glad he's back with us again on the on the Savage Nation. Alex Berenson, former New York Times reporter. Welcome to the Savage Nation. Michael, it's great to be on with you. And and, you know, there's a lot to talk about here, but it's interesting you mentioned the book because in some ways, the response to the book and the media response to the book prepared me a little bit, I think, for what I've seen in the last three weeks, which is just group that, that's just devastating. But unfortunately... Well, well, so they're calling you names now? They're saying you're... What are they calling you, a conspiracy theorist? Yeah, a conspiracy theorist, a denialist. None of this stuff is true. We all know the coronavirus is real. We all know it kills people. We all know that, especially if you're old and infirm, you, you can be at serious risk from it. That's not the question. That's not what we're talking about. Right. Well, before we go on, Alex, of course, now, for since late February, I've been calling for selective quarantines. I've been emailing the president's office. I've been emailing governors that we should open up portions of states where there's almost zero uh, of Corona. What do you think? Tell me what your guidelines would be. Well, so so here here's what you have to remember. When when the lockdowns were sort of first thrown out, and remember, for in, in February, we did nothing, right? I, I You know, blame Trump, blame the CDC. I don't care. I'm a registered political independent. We screwed up. We did nothing, okay? And then, you know, Italy happened. Northern Italy happened. These terrible reports of these, you know, emergency rooms being overrun. And, and, and you know, mid-March, we panicked, okay? We panicked, and we panicked on the basis of these models that said basically the whole healthcare system was going to collapse. Mm. So now, fast forward four weeks. It is now clear that outside New York, not only is the healthcare system not collapsing, hospitals in the United States are emptier. Empty. Empty. They're not doing any other work now. That's right. And they are actually shutting down in some cases. A major hospital in Oklahoma City shut down yesterday. They are furloughing. Probably nationally, I, I, you know, I wouldn't want to overestimate, but certainly tens, if not hundreds of thousands of workers. Alex, in San Francisco area where I live outside the city, in an open suburb where there's almost no crowding, you see women walking around with masks on in the street. They're, yeah. so, pa- they're so panicked they think they could get it from the air. It's, it's, yes, and they think it's going to kill them. And, and again... It's like a miasma. It's like we're going back to, to the age of the miasma causing <laughs> illness. You're, you're, you're right. Like, like humors are... <laughs> 
<laughs> right, bad humors. I stopped some women walking by my house the other day, and I said, ladies, you can't get it from walking in the air. And she was somewhat embarrassed. She said, oh, I wear it because it's so cold now. It keeps my face warm. But it's crazy. It's not. They look like they're dressing up for a moonwalk, most of these people. But, but that, but, okay, but that part's sort of funny. But, you know, if we all wanted to wear masks and drop the lockdown, we'd be in such better shape because the lockdowns are destroying they're destroying the economy they're destroying yes. society they're what i've been really hitting on the last 48 hours which is unquestionably true is they're terrible for children they're terrible oh awful locking children up like this i can't imagine and and and, and, and you don't even you know i look my kids are, are healthy if you have a child with special needs if you have a child with autism where the routine of the day is everything your child is in terrible shape right now. I've, uh-huh. I've heard now from, uh, you know, and this is just asking people to tell their stories today from a dozen or more people today about this. So so, so we've done... What, you, you're saying special needs kids in particular are being severely affected by the lockdowns? Yeah, because they're not getting they're not they're not getting to go to school. I mean, now now some states have tried to make it possible, but it's very difficult. And they are, you know, and again, children with autism or, or you know, brain injury, they're, they're children of routine. And, they, and they're. But Alex, look, you did a great book. I agree. You're finding other errors on a state by state basis with regard to total lockdowns. I have said for, for over a month now, maybe five weeks, why don't we open up regions of New York State outside of New York City where there's almost zero coronavirus in upstate New York? Why don't we open up Northern California? where there's almost no coronavirus, and there are counties where there's almost zero coronavirus. Why are they doing a one-size-fits-all? Well, I mean, that's a, that's a great question. New York City has, you know, it clearly has trouble, okay? New York City, that you know, the, the hospitals, by the way, the overflow stuff was not, you know, was not really used. But the hospitals were, were heavily taxed, and a lot of people died. But outside New York City, this does not seem to be a problem nationally, and yet the lockdowns are just getting extended. And, and so, again, where we started was we want the healthcare system not to collapse, which okay. is totally understandable. Where we are now seems to be we can never have any cases of this. Well, that's not a standard we have. Right, right. Do- Dr. Virus, who I think has lost his mind, I don't want to go into it with you, but I have very bad misgivings about Dr. Fauci's power madness. Uh, he had a nerve to say today the lockdowns will end when the virus ends. He knows the virus will never end. I mean, that's an insane standard. We didn't listen. HIV in 1985, that was a 100 percent fatal virus. If you Correct. And we didn't shut down the country. Right. And Fauci, by the way, was in, ensconced in the NIH then. And he bungled the entire HIV epidemic. I know that for a fact. But OK, here he is making one disastrous a statement after another with models from that Dr. Bricks or whatever her name is, who's tied into the, uh, you don't want to go there, into WHO and the Gates Foundation, which are very controversial statements right now. The economy is tanking. In your opinion, could we open portions of states as I believe we should? Yeah, I mean, listen, here's a, here, and I've said this a couple of times, though, we need some prospectively defined, like today, metrics that we're going to use in the next, let's say, seven days to determine what we can reopen. And we don't have to do it all at once. It can be, you know what, the hospitals in this state look completely unstrained. So right now, we are going to reopen workplaces. And then if in, you know, three days or five days, there's no change in cases, we're going to reopen retail. And five days after that, if there's no change, we're going to reopen. Well, if you have any influence over Donald Trump, I hope you tell him to open the local Chinese restaurant because I'm starving for my food. Restaurants, and, then, and then the last thing can be big, uh, you know, big sporting events and concerts and stuff like that. But, but here's the other thing. We, one of the problems with doing it this way and pretending everyone is equally at risk, and this was also clearly true of HIV at the beginning, is when you pretend everyone is equally at risk, you don't focus your attention on protecting the people who are... Oh, wait, but Fauci refused to invoke any quarantines during the AIDS epidemic because he didn't want to step on the toes of a very vocal uh, community. Well, look, I, you know I don't think that that, was a, that that would have been the right thing to do. But, I'm, but what I'm talking about is... Well, that is not, not the right thing to do here either. That's my point. But what, you, but what you can do is you can say, we're going to make sure every nursing home has fever checks. We're going to make sure that every person who works at a nursing home you know, has a negative test for this and gets tested every two weeks. We're going to make sure that nobody's allowed into a hospital 
who you know who has a fever. We there are the people who are vulnerable. You can protect, but if you spend all your time trying to frighten everybody else. You don't actually focus on... And by Alex, it's driving some marginal people over the edge. I was in a supermarket yesterday. So I didn't wear a mask. I, I sometimes remember gloves. Sometimes I don't. I wore paper. I put paper towel on my hands on the cart. Blah, blah, blah. But I didn't have a mask. So I get online now. They have one line with five checkout counters, but you have to get on one line in the vegetable department. Yeah. I got on the line and a woman comes running at me with a, with a, with a scarf on. Don't you know there's a single line here? I said, yes, of course I know. Don't yell at me. Who the hell are you? One of those. So go ahead of me like a nutcase. So the poor guy behind her was a younger guy, and he looked at me, shook his head. He said, all I did was come out for lunch. I'm on my lunch break. And she yelled at me two minutes ago, screaming at me, where are your gloves? So it's bringing out the worst in a lot of people, Alex. It's making them nuts. That's, that's clearly true. I mean, listen, I, I'm out on a regular. First of all, my wife works a, as a psychiatrist, which is COVID patient. So, you know. Oh, wow. We're all going to get it anyway. It doesn't matter. But, but so I'm out, you know, practically every day. The, the, the fear and the tension is palpable. And people don't know how to respond to each other. Some people are wearing masks and some people are not wearing masks. <laughs> right. You know, Alex, look, you're a social, you're, you're a former reporter for the New York Times. And I wish people would introduce you in another way, like former reporter for the New York Times. I hope that's not on your on your uh, on, on your gravestone. Uh, you're, you're the author of books. That's, you know, that's how I should be. All right. Can you be known as author? Can your gravestone, God forbid, 100 years from now, say author, famous author instead of former New York Times reporter? It'll probably say irritant to a lot of people. <laughs> okay, so you're being roundly called names now because you dared analyze the data on the COVID crisis for weeks and you come up with a different conclusion. The models you say are flawed. How are the models flawed? Well, I mean, this is not, this is not hard. The models last week in New York State, the, the main model, which was the University of Washington model. There's, so there's the, there's the Imperial College model, which we've also decided to pretend doesn't exist, the 2.2 million deaths. And we're focusing on the University of Washington model. Okay, the, the model has been constantly revised. But last week, there was a number of days in which the model was projecting on that day, okay, on that day, something like 50 to 60,000 beds needed, hospital beds needed in New York State, and the actual number was 12 or 14,000. That is not a small error, okay? And the other thing is the model was only released on March 26th. So we're not talking about, okay, they had to guess based on stuff that they did, you know, three months ago, and, you know, people make mistakes. This thing failed in real time. And the Alex, the way they code deaths in England, by the way, another, yeah, that's another story. Uh, is generous in the sense, according to Professor Riccardi, that all the people who die in hospitals with the coronavirus are deemed to be dying of the coronavirus, even if they were hit by a bus and they died from the bus hitting them. If they uh, show a positive test for corona there, they said they died from corona, even if they were hit by a bus. Look, look there, there's clearly aggressive coding going on, but, but you don't want to overstate that. If you look at the actual death numbers in New York City and northern Italy and central Spain, there are a lot of people who died of this thing. Oh, I'm not. Listen to me. I'm not one. I'm not one of those cavalier people who say it's just a mild flu. I know what this is. It's it's knocking a lot of people out who are very healthy, but not to the extent that the whole nation needs to be imprisoned. No, that's, that's correct. Both those things can be true. This can be more dangerous than the flu. It can be, it could, it could kill 100,000 people. Okay, I, I don't, I mean, we're not, I don't think we're going to get there. That's not but possible. Alex, there's another thing. I have, I, I have someone working with me who, who's a, an act, he's worked for seven years in the insurance industry. And he said, look at what happened from the CDC's reports. The number of deaths from the flu went way down and the number of deaths from COVID went way up. According to the CDC, they've recategorized. You got, you got to be a little bit careful about that because the data is still coming in. There's a lot of there, this is very dirty data that people are putting a lot of pressure on in real time. So that's no, no, I, I have the data as of April sixth, twenty twenty, and I, I have I have the wait. I have the morbidity and mortality reports. I have COVID nineteen deaths. Deaths from all causes, percent of expected deaths, all pneumonia deaths, deaths with pneumonia and COVID. Believe me, we did a very careful analysis. And what's odd is the number of deaths went almost to zero on, on the influenza and they went way up on COVID. COVID, right. No, I, look, 
here's uh, see the reason I don't really want to engage in this kind of conversation is to me it's a sideshow. To me, the issue is. The lockdowns are incredibly. Well, we could talk about the lockdowns, but Alex, again, we can't overlook the fact that some of the somebody at the uh, even at the CDC can't explain why the deaths from flu went down so quickly. Right. We're speaking with we're speaking with a very important man right now, maybe important all the time to his wife and children and to his readers. Alex Berenson, uh, former New York Times reporter. Uh, we talked with him January 2019 on the on the uh, tell your children about the dangers of marijuana. And he is now very, very popular, both uh, uh, on the pro and con level, because he's saying, wait a minute now. What are you actually saying in one line, Alex? What would are you saying that we don't need a national lockdown? Uh, yo, we don't need a national lockdown. <laughs> Well, thank you very much for listening to today's podcast. I hope you've enjoyed and learned something from it. And I want to remind you of something that I think is important for you to know. We have over 280 Savage Nation podcast episodes available to you absolutely free. I'll say that again. You can go back into this vast library of over 280 episodes and listen to any one of them or several of them at your leisure. So you never have to be without the Savage Nation. Thank you very much for listening.